this spooky episode of spectral, spine-chilling shenanigans, we take a look at the scariest shows to come to the stage. This is The Oddcast. to the Oddcast, the show that brings you the latest news and opinion, not just from Broadway and the West End, but from right here at home on the Irish musical theatre scene. My name is Keen O'Dowd, and as always, I am joined by the revolting <laughs> Adam Trundle and Daniel Ryan. As in we're part of a revolution, we're revolting. That's, we that's, are. that's where he's going, I think. Tim Min- the Tim Minchin sure. definition of it. No, no, yeah. sure, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, that oh, makes sense, right? That's keen. That's the most Halloween appropriate way to <laughs> infer what I what I said. Yeah, yeah. Only way to see it as a compliment. So uh, you know, I'm glad it. that you're looking on the upside of life. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Not the time of year for it, though. Really, is it? Looking on the, the bright side. No, with Halloween, Easter is the appropriate time for looking <laughs> on the bright side of life. Everyone knows that. <laughs> Stellar life of Brian reference. Yeah, gotta do it. <laughs> gotta do it. <laughs> How are we? Oh, good. Yeah. Again. This is genuinely my favorite time of year. I've been doing the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like this time. Every, every two weeks. Every two every weeks. Every two weeks. Here comes every two weeks. <laughs> it's glad. a great way to live. Every time of year is like a regularly occurring thing as so opposed say. to a specific mm. season. This is really pairing well with your new optimistic <laughs> personality that you're yeah. demonstrating to the listeners. No, I was referring to Halloween and, and autumn more generally. I kind of, I, I, I'm a big fan of Halloween. Like, this is my Christmas, really. I, I, big claim. Yeah. And what's, I your, could, what's Christmas for you, then? Halloween, I my guess. Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, like the Blink-182 song, Miss You, will have Halloween on Christmas. Um, there's a reference for all the other 90s kids out there. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's good. I, I'm, a, I'm in agreement with you. I love Halloween. Mm. It's a brilliant time. You, you kind of, yeah, you get to think about something a little paranormal, a little unusual. Yeah. Plus, you get to, you know, dress up as something stupid. Exactly. Well, more stupid than usual. And yeah, yeah but well, it's socially acceptable to wear. This is it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. That's the correct way of looking at it. How many pumpkins, mini gourds do we have in our houses? Gourds. Gourds. Yeah. Oh, I'm how, how North working. American of you. Yeah. Yeah. Gourds. We've got, we've got an army. We've got a whole squad of gourds outside the front door at home. Oh, amazing. Good. Uh, sorry, when, and when you say gourds, is the, are there alternative oh, yeah. uh, so non-pumpkin related gourds that you own? Yes. Yeah, so, we, so you obviously have like, we've got like, you know, a little stack of pumpkins. Oh, yeah. You know, the obvious. And they range in size from like a big one to like a little one. But then you can get like little white ones, which I, I've only ever seen on like the Charlie Brown, like cartoon, like, cartoon <laughs> game, like Snoopy. Like that's the only oh, time I ever saw those. You can get like white. They're yeah, called ghost buy. pumpkins in Aldi. I've, oh, yeah, I've got one. But then yeah. there's also those weird shaped ones. You can get like, there's like green and yellow ones and they're like mad like, kind know, of ones that are more tall and narrow than they are mm, short and stout. A bit gnarly. Yeah. There is a whole world of pumpkins that I was gnarly. not yeah. aware of. So gourds is appropriate, you know. Get yeah. out there and get your gnarly <laughs> gourds, y'all. <laughs> there you go. So ghost pumpkins and Aldi. Ghost pumpkins and Aldi. Also, when I was there, giant pumpkins that honestly I only put my back out putting into the trolley. <laughs> this thing. Yeah, yeah. And it was a fiver. And this thing was literally the weight and girth of two or three pumpkins. Yes. I <laughs> lean into the mic and say that again. <laughs> anyway, 
the one thing about pumpkins that I particularly enjoy, and it's an old joke, but it's a good joke. I never fail to laugh when I see it. Is when the pumpkin is throwing up his innards. Oh yeah, oh, it's every time it's it gets me. Yeah, it's a classic. So good. Some people are incredible. Some the art are, that they can carve. Mm, we have a competition now for work. To oh, do you do uh, pumpkin carving? And I thought, like, we did it last year, and I thought mine was so good. I did like a big cat. I had a big pumpkin, so I did like a cat, like a Cheshire cat, and then mm. I had a small pumpkin, and I made like a little mouse. So I was like, the cat was chasing the mouse. I thought it looked unreal. It was easily one of the worst. That was, so <laughs> <good>. <laughs> and I was really, really upset about it because there are some people who are just so much better. So I have to like step took a my few game compassionate up. days off, and so I've. You see, I've, you have too many scruples, Dan. If that was me, a virtual competition. I'm straight on Pinterest. Yeah. <laughs> I'm straight on for Pinterest. Sure. Look at my sure. amazing oh my six foot pumpkin. That yes, that is it. To look like the Mona never Lisa. Track it. <laughs> print, print, print it off. Scan the photo. This is me it's... in my pumpkin patch with the proud American flag waving behind. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? Here's the last supper carved into a yeah. series of pumpkins. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh, no. That's genius. Oh, I'm sorry, pumpkin squad outside the front door at home, but you have now, you you will now serve a higher purpose. That is, that's excellent. Yeah. Oh lordy, leave that with me. <laughs> Very good. Mm-hmm. Very good. Um. Yes. So all things Halloween, we are looking forward to, and I think theater people have a natural affinity with Halloween anyway, because anything that involves getting dressed up in a costume is going to sit quite naturally mm-hmm. uh-huh. with yes. you. Obvi. But uh, we are not only getting dressed up for Halloween. We are again getting dressed up for the stage. We are indeed. And I guess the big news in the local scene, you know, that affects all of us in the Republic anyway, is that the restriction on theatre capacity is now lifted. So the restriction in terms of having to have your vaccine cert or your proof of Mm. recovery and your ID and all of that to get in the door is still there. But once you're inside the theatre, there's no 60% cap anymore. There's no requirement for distancing. You can pack your theatre again, which essentially means that large musical theatre productions on an amateur level are now viable again mm. uh, and also on a you know on a professional level all the touring productions that had cancelled can now come back to the board and gosh. this was a boon that Dan and I got to enjoy only last night whoop, whoop. Yes. in going to see Heathers in the board gosh we won't spoil it for you Adam <laughs> I want to see what you thought mm-hmm. yeah I'm going to we tonight. might give it a little review I Next mean, episode. I do know Absolutely. the plot. I, I, <laughs> I have listened to the musical. I do know what happens, but yeah, mm. it's not spoiled the, the minutiae of this production. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. want to chat about the merits and demerits of an individual production, you know? <laughs> because yeah, yeah. I, like, I, I will say that going on Instagram and looking at the stories of the various theatre people I know, I think every uh, musically, theatrically inclined person mm. uh, in Ireland has been or will be in attendance at this show. It yes. seems to be that Absolutely. way. Yeah. In fact, we met friend of the show, Lynn Carter, at the show last night. Indeed, yeah. And I've never, I've never seen more so at a show in the board. Gosh, I've never seen as a crowd that was so obviously like a musical theater crowd. You know the way when yeah, shows, yeah, yeah. You know the way when shows come to Dublin, it's like people who probably you know they don't go to like you know they don't they're not involved in musicals they don't go to them that often even their own town and they definitely don't go to like you know trips to london etc but they're not fans they're just going as as an entertainment exactly product. oh i love yeah. i love dirty dancing the movie therefore i would love dirty dancing the musical kind of thing mm-hmm. whereas this had a real really strong they want have the times of their lives yeah yes yeah. <laughs> i guess i guess boom. boom and they owe it all to me i don't know <laughs> <laughs> they just just owe a lot i interrupted your point dan <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> it was a very musical theatre crowd. And I think it was a very, very musical, musical theatre crowd. crowd. So, but yes, definitely 
certainly I'd say most pretty much all the listeners to this and everyone that we know is probably at the show this week so we have more on that next episode absolutely now Closer to the local theatre scene. Yes, what outside of the board, gosh, around there? the country, we have plenty of news. So there is a new, I should say another new musical theatre group in the AIM circuit this year. So obviously we talk about North Wexford Musical Theatre mm. having set up and we went to see them. We now have North East Musical and Dramatic Society, who are brand new, who will be performing their first production of 9 to 5 the musical. They are currently you know, taking registration for auditions, which are happening soon. So we wish them the very best of luck with their new endeavour and we look forward to maybe seeing them. Indeed we do. Uh, if, if if the calendar suits. Uh, we have Tipperary Musical Society, which nice. we have a lot to see. We have a lot to see. We have a lot to see. You know, I can't li- promise that I'm going to see every You're show on the calendar. Under promise, over deliver. That's it. Classic. Mm-hmm. That's it. You Good know. strategy for life. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You and can freak- write that down if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> and freak them all out when, they, when the curtain comes up and you're just sitting there row one. Yeah. 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 It's like, this is the dress rehearsal. <laughs> <laughs> How did you get in? Um, Tipperary Musical Society have also announced their show for this year. They're doing Fiddler on the Roof, also in the process of auditions last I saw. They may have actually announced it at this stage. Uh, I'm not sure, um, because this obviously comes out a little bit mm. after we record it. So yeah. uh, I could be You wrong. are listening to the past, in yes. essence. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a bit time of a, travel. bit of a mind meld. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Um, staying with Tipperary we have Nina Choral Society uh, putting on A Night on Broadway tonight actually of recording so if you're listening and hoping to get tickets I'm afraid you've missed it um, <laughs> but you know uh, you know, it's great to have them back and they were, they were in aid of the Scouts Hall uh, restoration project so obviously it would be great for them to have a packed house for a good cause locally um, other show announcements we have uh, AIM's best overall winner last year Athlone are going mm-hmm. to be doing All Shook Up um, yes, they sent out a series of extremely cryptic clues on yeah. Instagram. I need to, I need to have. A chat. I think I need to have a chat with somebody about those. I think now. anybody who got that that was the show that they were doing from those clues either needs serious help or needs to win an award. Yeah, <laughs> oh, they, they should be on like you know, connect only connect or some of those really yeah. brainy quiz shows because that was. Because when the first clue went up... And they could have like, done with them when they were decoding Enigma. Yeah. Like, put on that. The like, they wouldn't up have needed Turing. They just... Yeah. Move aside, Alan. <laughs> but like, they were... The first clue that went up, it was like a snap. And it was like something from Susica. And I was like, yeah, this was isn't like a clue. The, this is so obvious. And then the next one was like, Beatles. I was like, oh no, I'm lost now. Good luck. They should be writing the New York Times cryptic crossword clues. But um, yeah, Arch Cup is a great show. It's one that, that's oh. close to my heart. I'm a big fan of Elvis. And so... Uh, I do quite like Oscar Cup. Mm. Um, Another announcement is Avonmore Music Society are doing Sister Act, another big show. You know, that's their 2022 production. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's one of those shows that you needed to have full capacity to be able to do. So it's great that we, for now, have that level of comfort that that we can do that. In a Halloween sort of a team, Miscast Belfast have announced that their next outing is going to be, well, they've teased, it's going to be something to do with Rocky Horror Picture Show. So interested to see how they do that. Gory have also been teasing what their show is going to be, saying start at the very beginning. We can only assume that would be The Sound of Music. But if if the same person writing their clues, <laughs> yeah. writing the loan clues, is essential. We've we've been wrong before. Yeah. <laughs> we've been wrong before. And then lastly, coming up this coming weekend, Carrick and Shore have a concert called Some Enchanted Evening, or it should be Some Enchanted Evenings, because it's on the 29th and 30th of October. Very good. So nice. plenty happening, and it's great to see such a flurry of activity all around the country in terms of events being planned and being able to happen. It's all very, very welcome. We back, baby. And uh, best of luck, obviously, to 
everybody mentioned there and everybody planning to come back to the stage in the coming weeks and months. Now, from local to the Great White Way, Dan, tell us what news of the Americas. Of the Americas. What news from across the pond? From the New World. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) From the land of St. Brendan. (laughs) Indeed, sir. I I hear tell they have a fantastic land over there. They do. They do indeed. Well, there was an awesome clip going around. So Phantom on Broadway has reopened in the last couple of days, um, which I think is still the original styling production is not obviously we've talked at length before about the West End with its upgraded mm-hmm. new fangled production you know and mm. changing the set and etc etc so so I think whereas the Broadway version is still the OG but there's an unreal clip going around um, from the you know the reopening night of the, like the very start show when the chandelier like oh. comes off the stage and rises up over the audience I like everyone is just going bananas like it's rightly so rightly so I mean you'd be doing that on a normal basis anyway yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's just absolutely heightened so I would find it obviously TikTok YouTube Instagram wherever go find yeah. it it's kind of a bit of a goosebumps moment on its own even when you're sitting in the show yeah. like for that to be the thing that you're coming back to musicals to see first mm-hmm. Yeah, it must be kind of hair raising. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's the longest awesome. gap without that chandelier rising. It is since yeah. 1988 when it opened on Broadway first. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's over 30 years since there was a, uh, you know, more than one night without the chandelier without the being chandelier. lifted. Will yeah. someone think of the chandelier? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's it's quite incredible. You have these a series of obviously long running shows, Phantom being the longest that haven't had that break in that huge period of time, in that like 30 year, over 30 year period. Mm-hmm. It just goes to show, I guess, the magnitude of what the world has been through. Sometimes you don't think about it like that when you're in the midst of it. You're just kind of getting mm-hmm. week to week. But yeah, it's it's huge when you think about it like that. Mm-hmm. It's so great to see it return though. No, no um, it's great. It's great. Just makes you, it just makes you want to like, you know, just head straight over your leg. Yeah, no, I'm going on the next plane over to yeah. New York. See you <laughs> as there. much on a selfish level as anything else. More because than I'm else. like, I would just love to get back there again and see it happen. <laughs> yeah, it would be unreal. But of course, that is all just, you know, this, these are nice little tidbits. They're just preamble because the big, the big story. Yeah. The big thing. We're done. We can all go home now, folks. The Winnie the Pooh musical has opened off. Oh my God. So excited for this. Oh my God. Yeah. I would recommend everyone to follow Winnie the Pooh musical on Instagram. The production stills from it are absolutely fantastic to watch. There is an unbelievable snap that I have right now of the guy playing Winnie the Pooh. And there's like autumnal leaves falling behind him. And it just looks unreal. Okay, so obviously we don't know everything about this show so far, but... But what do we do know? How is it being staged? So it's being staged by, it's been taken on by the Rockefeller Production Group who have done previous very similar productions of, I suppose, kind of children's classics. So they've done um, The Very Hungry Caterpillar and they've also recently done, their last production was uh, Paddington Gets Into a Jam, which we mentioned on this podcast before when we were talking about the Drama Desk Awards last year because they were nominated for for Outstanding Puppet Work for for that. Um, And they've taken the same approach to this one. So it's like, it's puppetry. So... I suppose the easiest or the probably maybe the most familiar one that people might see for mm. anyone who's ever seen The Lion King, the yeah. musical, is very similar to that. Another way that people are obviously the both if you're playing the animals, but in particular I kind of think of the guy playing um Pumba because you can see him, but he's got the puppetry kind of in front of him. Or as yeah. more recently, probably something like Frozen, the guy playing anyone who plays Olaf, so they're the snowman, so they have the snowman puppet in front of them, but you can still see them. Yeah. It's, it's 
It's very similar so, that you can uh, see the like actors. not exactly Avenue Q because the puppets are much bigger, but exactly. the, the same kind of thing for anybody mm-hmm. who's familiar with that show. You can see the performer, but they also have a kind yeah, of a, but they have a the waist puppet. height or or, or it, it isn't taller. people just going around in head to toe costumes. Exactly, yeah. You see, it's a separate puppet being mm-hmm. manipulated. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a Disney property, mm. so obviously, and it's clear from the photos. The production value is really there. Yeah, no, it it looks it looks so good. The, again, coming back to like, there's a clip going around of from TikTok, and the the guy is kind of the main cast. They were at some kind of not comic con, maybe like musical con, if such yeah, a thing right. existed. I don't know why. Some kind of conference, but they were doing a promotion for the musical at it, and they were like, you know, in character going across the room, and like. Oh, they were spot on. Like the, the 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 voice is the exact same as like Winnie the Pooh from your childhood. It just it was just incredible to watch. So, I mean, like that's just. I mean, like that's it in terms of like professional news. Like that's the height. We'll never. That's we've peaked. Yeah, like we're done. I Go think home. if anything was going to break the producers' twelve Tony wins. Yeah, right here. This is it. This is it. This is a strong. I think like, we can call it now. Like it's even going to get some of the ones from the play categories. That's how fucking good it is. <laughs> <laughs> This is going to cancel the Tonys after this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're done. Yeah, we're done. Winnie the Pooh has one musical theater. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I, I, uh, I saw an article that uh, Winnie the Pooh is due to be out of copyright because A. A. Milne obviously wrote the original stories, mm. uh, and in in the states, the general copyright rule is is the death of the author plus seventy years. Mm. So we're coming up like next year is the seventieth anniversary of A. A. Milne's death. Yes. So there's a question as to whether, you know, how will Disney manage to keep the copyright over Winnie the Pooh? Because obviously it's a hugely valuable property for them. I don't know mm. if, if you've ever, you know, gone into the Disney store, you know, albeit that, yeah. you know, it's full of Winnie the Pooh a lot toys of Pooh and headies and... There's a whole... I was going to say there's a whole poo wall. And I was like, no. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that's no. Not quite what you meant. No. no. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's... You're, I think you're right. There's an interesting question. I think... Often what comes up in these things is, yes, there's an original story, but yes, there's also a depiction of the characters or a stylization mm-hmm. of the characters. And when was that created? You know? Yes. So there, there, I'm sure, will be an interesting battle. Well, I'm sure I would not like to be the person taking on Disney. Uh, and I'm glad to see that Disney are using this IP in a musical theatre context because I think I think the world needs the positivity of Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to... We're, I think we're going to keep a close eye on the Winnie the Pooh musical. Oh, so yeah. uh, it, it's not goodbye from us. It's TTFN. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Bravo. <laughs> I want to... I want to get onto the main topic of this episode because we're yes. going from the very sweet... To the quite horrific. Yes. The most... Much like Halloween night when you finished your bag of trick-or-treating candy. <laughs> yeah. Moving into Scary a horror movie. film. Yeah. yeah. I have eaten all the chocolate I can. I feel absolutely miserable. <laughs> maybe more. And maybe more. <laughs> I've eaten all the sweets my mum wouldn't let me bring home. So I've eaten them in a friend's house and now yeah. <laughs> feel incredibly ill. <laughs> so we were trying to put together what we thought were some of the most Halloween-themed musicals that maybe you can listen to the soundtrack of or you can, you know, watch online. Not that we necessarily condone bootlegs or anything, mm-hmm. but they're surely there available. Or a lot of pro shots there, yeah, too. So, something to get yourself into the Halloween spirit, but keep on that musical theatre buzz. Yes. 
So in our uh, thinking of this, I think we discovered that good old Playbill had done some of the work for us. They have indeed, yeah. Um, Playbill have an article of the 15 most haunting musicals to get you ready for Halloween. Uh, so we thought we'd take a little stroll through this list and see if, if we agree or if we have anything to add maybe to these mm-hmm. uh, or if, if we think there are there are recommendations Playbill have that we think maybe uh, are particularly good. Well, I do have a favourite. It's not on this list. Interesting. Mm. But we, we might, we'll come to that a little bit later. We'll get to that. Let's just... Let's just have a, a merry skip through it. Yeah, so f- first on the list is is one that I really love and that I think is, is a perfect one for Halloween. Uh, I knew you were going to be all over this. Yeah. It's Sweeney Todd. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is one of my favorite musicals any time of year, but I think particularly at Halloween, it's, it's really apt because it has that real Victorian, macabre vibe to it. Mm. Um, there is something that is particularly Halloween about the rolling fog on the docks of London in the late 19th century. Mm. That, yeah, that Victorian era, Dickensian era, if you want to call yeah. it. Um, very, it's a very dark show. It is, it yeah. is. Uh, and actually, I rewatched the Tim Burton film adaptation recently, and while it's it's not my favourite version, mm. I do prefer, you know, like the, the Bryn Turfel, uh, oh, the uh, with, with Emma, Emma Thompson, Thompson yes, yes, version, yes. which I think mm. is out there, but... Uh, the film version, the Tim Burton one, is 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 pretty good too, and it, it's it, it's on Netflix at the minute, I think. So if anyone has a Netflix subscription, yeah, they can check it out if they haven't seen it. It's one of those shows. Obviously, it's been performed an awful lot on um, the Irish theatre scene, and not only that, it's also a show that I think if we revisit our previous Ames Awards centred shows, mm-hmm. has been particularly successful. And Sweeney Todd and uh, Mrs. Lovett both are. Str- all with strong contenders for awards I think because of how well written those parts are how complex they are mm. yeah but it's it's unique maybe not unique but fairly unique in musical theatre terms in that it really doesn't have a lot of light moments in it yeah there are there are maybe two songs that are kind of tongue in cheek being the the a little priest mm. but you know about the pies but even that it's fairly dark humour uh, it is, and yes. then you've got "By the Sea," which By the is, sea, yeah. which is not even humor so much as it is just kind of light. Um, yeah, but yeah, it, it do is. Do you have a favorite scene? Favorite scene? Ooh, I think I've got to go with Little Priest. I think I have to. Really? Yeah, I think it's it's just fantastic. The wordplay throughout that and the puns on the different professions mm. are fantastic. Yeah, very good. Like I have to, I think kind of one of those bit, one of the bits I really is quite always a bit of a a goosebump moment in that show is you know when when Turpin kind of figures out who he is and leaves and he thinks he's he's never going it's to it's the epiphany yeah yeah, yeah. That, like that scene is always just fantastic it's so well written yeah it's the moment when when Sweeney changes his his kind of his motive is no longer seeking specifically revenge on yeah. Judge Turpin but it's everybody in London he can get his hands on he just goes into a blind rage yeah, and it's, it's preceded by Pretty Women, isn't it? That song. Yes. Yeah, yes, yeah. which is a be- it's like such a well-written oh, song so as well. Good. Yeah, brilliant show. Good on you, Playbill. Solid recommendation. Great what start. else do we have in here? Uh, well, next we have the Rocky Horror Show, probably more famous as the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yes. Yeah, it's um an absolutely fantastic show. I love it. I used to go to the cinema in Nace. They used to put this on all the time. And I, I'd never realized that, kind of from the time the film came out, that there was this big cult activity of going to a cinema late at night and kind of acting out the scenes 
with the movie. It was incredible. Um, mm. It's a really well-written show in that it's short, it's snappy, the songs are really catchy. It has kind of a weird final act, but hey, what, 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 what show, doesn't, what show yeah. doesn't, right? <laughs> Very few shows get the third act right. It's just a moment. Of, like, Richard O'Brien is such an, a weird guy, um, but like he's a genius. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's brilliant. Like, I don't know whether I can really class it as being in the horror genre as such. It, it's a bit light for that, maybe. Yeah, definitely. But, but the songs are just so fantastic. And, and the show is so kind of odd and quirky and occult in points that I think it's worthy to be on that list. I wouldn't have it, I think like high up if we're talking about Halloween even though I really really like it mm. I actually think it works better as a film than it does as a stage show yeah I've, I've seen the stage show I think twice and it feels a little less well paced than the movie I think they made improvements in the movie now when because I know I've seen it when it, I know it was in the Borgart very recently but the previous time which would have been a couple of years ago yeah I'm trying to remember because I've seen like the there's the the UK revival version of it that they did, and there's a pro shot of that and like literally like the movie, mm. people are joining in with the lines. And stuff yes. like, I'm trying to remember, did the same type of thing happen when it was in Dublin? Like it it did, but I think not to I the same extent. Not the same extent. The... Like if you watch that pro shot version, I like, literally the entire crowd yeah. is shouting. But I suppose then that comes back to our topic that we discussed the last time <laughs> around like audience participation but i think rocky heart is one of those shows that it actually improves it. exactly yeah i was gonna say it's one of those ones where you're kind of like no this is so much more fun with this yeah I think, I think my favorite audience ad lib in in that is is just before a riffraff opens the door to the frankenfurter mansion yeah and he's about to say hello but the audience shout what's your favorite lionel richie song <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's, but I, I think I think some of those lines that the audience throw in are really clever. Oh, they're so good. Like, I think that one again, like in the pro shop version, it's actually one dude, <laughs> one yeah. brave soul from the audience just goes, what's your favorite Lionel Richie lyric? <laughs> <laughs> it must be so difficult to perform that and not break oh, and not yeah. laugh. Though I oh, suppose yeah. on tour... By the fifteenth or sixteenth, yeah, the you've joke been, has gotten a probably you're over a bit old. Night, night, night one, you got the fright of your life. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, worthy inclusion on the list. Look, mm-hmm. it has all the details. People in costumes. It, it's got people in costumes. There's a, a scary haunted type house mm-hmm. in a remote area. There's a bit of murder. Bit of murder. Bit of murder. So got aliens. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's got a lot of great elements. Works yes. for Halloween. Works uh, for Halloween for me. I approve. Uh, next on the list is Carrie, which is probably a little, like I'd say fairly little known musical adaptation of the Stephen King book, mm. which was famously a film in the 70s with Sissy Spacek. And actually John Travolta's first film credit, if I'm not mistaken, was ah. Carrie in 73 or 74. Uh, so there's another musical connection. Um, but the musical, I haven't actually seen it yet. I know the Galway University Musical Society are hoping to stage it later in the year so mm-hmm. hopefully we'll get a right. chance then um, but I have listened to the album and I think there's a couple of really good songs my favourite is uh, And Eve Was a Week mm. which is a great song to check out if you've ever seen the original film or read the book you'll know that Carrie's mother is a fantastic villain yes. kind of fundamentalist uh, Christian religious um, and just very intense Yeah, uh, and 
I think that song really captures it really well. You see, it's it's a it's a funny show because in a way it's kind of got this weird production history because it had this original musical from the eighties. In oh. fact, the music and the book they were um, they were developed. I think it was like nineteen eighty six. But anyway, the original Broadway production is eighty eight, and it's kind of famous in Broadway circles that it went through like five performances on Broadway <laughs> before it got axed. Mm. But then there was a subsequent revival in 2012 where the score and the book they weren't rewritten they were just a little edited and Mm. reworked a bit and that seems to have gone down quite a bit better and that's the version that you license license now now if you're doing a show so uh but i mean i think it's it's unfortunate because a lot of good songs in in that show so i think it's it's probably unfortunate that it had such a, a troubled initial run on broadway which maybe affects how people see it true but true. obviously this is sitting right in the middle of the horror genre isn't it's it? perfect yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and it's that it's the creepy it's the creepy it's the proper creepy kind of disturbing kind of horror as well yeah yeah right? oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. got that really old, paranormal mm-hmm. the good old classic bucket of pig's blood yeah. moment mm-hmm. which it was made for stage really you think about yeah it, that's a really theatrical moment in that film and in the book um, so, <laughs> you are quite a fan of the book. I am a big fan of Stephen yeah. King. I have I've got a full shelf in my bookshelf, which is just Stephen King books. Nice. Um, yeah, very good. <laughs> okay, so I think I think we're approving of Carrie. We're approving. Yes. Oh yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Next on the list is Phantom of the Opera, which we've already talked about. Already talked about. Oh, Phantom. Phantom. Yeah, it's one that's really weird. I don't know why. I when you talk about a Halloween or horror musical, I don't know why. I you don't associate it with like you know big success, successful productions yeah. I don't know why. it feels yeah, like yeah, it should yeah. be some kind of like you know kind of cliched niche little kind of jukebox yeah. kind of thing like, you know it, it, does, it doesn't feel yeah exactly it doesn't <laughs> feel like something this, re- with this really reminds well, me of that whole thing with the silence of the lambs yeah where horror is kind of a dirty word in yeah. Hollywood yeah and particularly with critics so everybody when the silence of the lambs came out they were at pains to describe it as a thriller <laughs> even <laughs> though it is absolutely a horror film hmm no mm-hmm. doubt about it. It's a horror film. It's incredibly well made, well scripted, beautifully produced horror movie, but a horror movie nonetheless. There, there's kind of a little bit of that with with Phantom. It's mm-hmm. almost like it's too good. It's too, it's too <laughs> good. Yeah, to fall don't, don't call it the that. horror genre. Yeah, but the original novel is certainly like a, it, it's Gaston horror. Gaston Leroy's novel. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's certainly a horror. Oh no, without question, <laughs> without question, uh, because it has all the elements. A kind of this spectral figure looming in the mm-hmm. underneath the theater who's carrying out these sick and twisted murders and um having this obviously um infatuation with um with Christine mm. it's it has a lot of really dark elements to it but i think people think of it as instead the ultimate legit show yeah mm. yeah or uh, orchestral a lot of the singing is soprano or very kind of classical tenor style, which people don't really think of. People imagine a horror musical is going to basically be overdriven guitars yeah. and yeah. people screaming kind of in rock tones. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So it just doesn't it doesn't fit, I think, with, with, with how people think about it. It has all of the elements. I don't know if it fits on this list for me. You know, I and I know I'm saying that kind of having gone through all of that and saying all the reasons that it should, but it kind of transcends its yeah. its macabre plot. It kind of it's such a phenomenon year round for thirty five years or more 
that it kind of feels like it's it, it does. It's, it's reductive to call it a, a it Halloween defi- or a horror. It does defy yeah. genre a little bit because if people said to me, "Oh, what what's Phantom of the Opera?" So like people said to me, say to me like, "Oh, you were at Heather's last night. What what what's that?" And I was like, "Oh, like it's like a dark comedy." Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really easy to kind of go or what's legally blonde like oh it's kind of it's a comedy but it's a bit of a farce too or um i can go little shops a bit of a dark comedy as well i somebody asks me how would you define phantom of the opera i'd go it's not a drama really it's not a it's a it's a bit drama it's a bit thriller it's a bit horror it's a bit comedy Hmm. yeah it it is it kind of stand stands on its own as as this yeah almost genre defining thing for me uh, kind of very few musicals are are like that i think that managed to fit to so bring, much yeah, into one so maybe into because it. it had its roots as kind of a very much a rock opera initially <laughs> that became something else mm. with what's this steve harley yes was, you know originally kind of pitched into the the phantom part who was not somebody you would ever cast no as the phantom currently <laughs> but yeah, kind of, kind of amazing. So I'm, I'm going to object to this one. I think the only way you could say that it's if you, if you like movies like Scream, no, for like the jump, like yes. you know, if you like that with the chandelier, you know, and yeah, like, you know, the odd time when he like you know does his, his magic, his magic, yeah. The, yeah. the listeners can't see. I'm throwing, I'm you're throwing, throwing smoke, you're throwing smoke bombs. Ah. Yeah, <laughs> no, I got that. Yeah. But for the benefit I don't of everybody think, yeah, at home, even in the room, seem to be even struggling. With Dan that was <laughs> flinging an invisible ball at the ground. So yeah, if you like, yeah. if you like, a, if you like those like you know, jump in your seat shocks. Then maybe. But, yeah, no, I think it has But that. outside yeah. of that. Nah. Yeah. Nah. But it is amazing. Oh. Yeah. But it's, it's all year round amazing. It's not, yeah. I'm not, <laughs> it's yeah, not yeah. Halloween amazing. Yeah, 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 exactly. You don't have to go see it at Halloween. It's Though, not going to put you in a Halloween mood. I don't no, think. No. No, 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 no. Yeah. One that might that you mentioned was Little Shop of Horrors. Which? It's got horror in the title. It does. Say no more. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> but well, I think we will have to say a little more. Oh, fair enough. Because he's... Now, again... I don't know about this as a. I don't know about I this don't as know. a. I mean, I think Halloween one. Well, I think here's one of the ways. If I was thinking about staging a musical around Halloween, mm. and I wanted it to be fitting to Halloween or Halloween adjacent, say, Little Shop would certainly be one that's on the list of ones that I think make sense to do. But equally, maybe the counter argument to that is: Well, would I do it in March and feel weird? And the answer is: I would do it in March, and it wouldn't feel weird no, to do it. it wouldn't feel weird instead of Halloween. It. Yeah. Whereas yeah. maybe the likes of Carrie, you might, you know, be like, that's very much more Halloween adjacent, yeah. being that it's horror. Yeah, yeah. It feels appropriate for this time of year. Yeah. But Little Shop, certainly fantastic show. Much like, much like Phantom, it's all year round. It is. In a different way. But it's, <laughs> yeah. it's one we spoke about at length before, having obviously had a great time with... With our, our own production, production with the it. Odd Theatre Company back in November year. of, oh my God, what year was it? 2019. Good Lord. God, yeah, it's nearly two years ago now. Nearly two <laughs> years ago now. But um, but it it is, it's, yeah, it's more, yeah, it's not, not really very Halloween themed, but it does, it does have, it is, as I said, a dark comedy. Yeah. It has a fantastic 60s inspired, I don't want to say totally 60s style because it's mm. not really but but very much 60s inspired score um kind of with a nod maybe to you know the invention of distortion perhaps in or <laughs> in or around that era yes so um and it's got all this subtext to it as well like you know the the monster and you know the power of greed and mm-hmm. race relations issues it's it's 
Yeah, it's phenomenal. Cracking really is, but, but not... But not a Halloween show. Yeah. 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 It's not a horror movie. But then again, it doesn't really... It doesn't really feel like the ultimate springtime musical for me either. <laughs> anyway. There's loads of plants everywhere. Yeah, what are you talking about? Yeah, that's, that's actually flowers. true. <laughs> that's true. It's all about growth. Yeah. And next on the list is Evil Dead, the musical, which I know very, very little about, I must admit. You know, I've heard a, I've heard a few of the, the songs from the Evil Dead musical, and it, it is kind of... So for anybody who is a fan of the Evil Dead series and i've seen them all They're uh, fantastic films is is it is like there's real the first one is this b absolute hollywood b movie horror and the next two in the series very much lean into the b moviness of it and play up to it and this is a musical that really does that i i think the basis of the plot is that a load of kind of is it older teenagers or young adults <laughs> go to a house in the middle of the woods and summon up something nasty from the Book of the Dead called the Necronomicon? And yes. hilarity ensues, right? <laughs> because the forces of evil come to visit and the gates of hell are opened up. Um, yeah. It is, yeah, it, it, it's just a ludicrous couple of movies and I think an equally ludicrous stage musical stage musical it, it does kind of feel like one that is suitable for an adaptation to the stage in in a musical sense just with how campy it is yeah, I yeah, think, yeah I it's think really campy by adding songs you're not taking away any of the the tone from the original films you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's no, not as if there's a weight to the no, the, the original films are definitely not serious yeah. films like even the first one which I think sort of does play a little more straight is so ludicrous yeah. that you couldn't possibly imagine that anybody meant any of it seriously you know the classic you know play-doh and and corn syrup special effects yeah because they made it for a shoestring it's straight out of the 1930s like yeah. that that godzilla movie yeah you yeah. know they, they just, <laughs> like the things had not improved yeah because sam raimi and team essentially made it with whatever loose change they had lying around in yeah. their back pocket they obviously sam raimi went on to a much bigger career he did by doing things did. like yeah um, the toby Maguire spider-man movies yes. and, and upcoming doctor strange movie for the marvel yeah. universe which is also supposed to be like their first horror movie mm. in air quotes for the mcu yeah we'll see how horror it is yeah, yeah. we'll see how horror, like that's gonna be like horror and mainstream but yeah, I, yeah. mutually I exclusive evil, terms yeah. I, think. Yeah. I think evil dead has earned its place in this list given that i can't imagine going to see or being a part of a production of evil dead the musical anytime other than in the i agree halloween. it is definitely halloween i would say halloween only I mean, I like <laughs> one night. Only. Yeah, I can't imagine going to you know, like New York on a Christmas shopping trip, going to Broadway. Yeah. Let's go see Evil Dead. See Evil Dead. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I, I think it's earned its place and probably was part of the detriment of trying to bring a musical to Broadway when people only want to see it for one month out of the year. It's pretty yeah. tricky. Yes. Um, next is Dan, one you've expressed interest in seeing before. I'm not sure on the podcast, but definitely in, in, in Earl. conversation. Earl. Um, it was American Psycho the music. Oh, yes. Mm. That was such fun. Obviously, based on the movie, is it, was it 1999, 2000? Starring Christian Bale, Christian I think. Bale, yeah. Yes, Jared Leto. Uh, which is like a, that is a weird kind of twisted, psychotic horror. <laughs> 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 like, you know. It is, it's a very, yeah, it's a very, very strange one. Yeah. Um, so definitely going down the kind of creepy horror avenue uh, in, in terms of that. But yeah. um, like it's it's based on this book by Brett Easton Ellis. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yes. And which, anyway, the, the whole the whole question about it is obviously it, it comes to the end of the 
the movie. I and I, I don't care about giving spoilers for it's movies. A twenty-one the late 20s. Yeah, 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 yeah. That it it appears as though this is all a kind of a fantasy mm-hmm. that he's he's had and he's living out this double life in his head. The musical, the songs are are very interesting in terms of their style for a Broadway mm. production, in that they carry this sort of dance elements yeah, to them. Yeah, mm. yeah, it is. If you, it has a, a bit of a kind of a, a dance. I don't know. I don't know. I just got like a dance techno beat to it. Almost. There's a, like, there's definitely a broader episode of this show to do on why Broadway and musical productions generally have not followed music. Yeah. yeah. In going to, let's say, a more computerized music or maybe more dance or hip hop influenced music. Because even you look at something like Hamilton, which people always hold up as an example of hip hop in musical theater, a lot of it is very traditional. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like when you listen even to the Hamilton mixtape, which was a lot of hip hop and pop artists doing versions of songs, yeah. you hear how dramatically different the orchestration is. Mm. Or, or like the arrangement of uh you know a pop hip-hop song versus what hamilton sounds like you know it's it's night and day like you're not listening to the radio and going that sounds like hamilton yeah <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah 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 no it's a it's one uh, there's actually a good performance i think the because i think originally it was in it was a uh, a west end production oh. i think matt smith actually of doctor who yes i think you're right he was the original he was the original um Patrick Bateman. There we go. Yeah. Yes. Um, and the Western version. Then it transferred to Broadway a couple of years later, I think. And it was starring, I think his name is John Benjamin Walker, I think. Or I don't know if the John is in there. But I think it might just be Benjamin <laughs> Walker. It might just be Benjamin Walker. But um, he he played the lead then on Broadway. But there's actually a good... They did it on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. They did oh. a performance on it. And again, if you watch that, you do get that, you know, the sense of kind of what the music of the show mm, is about. Mm. That, that real kind of like... You know, it is very kind of. It, it feels like it feels like a little bit like you're in a club almost. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, interesting. It does have that feel to it, but it's one. I don't know. I just having seen those clips of it and stuff. I'm like, oh, it, it just kind of weirdly intrigues me. It just I'm yeah. like, yeah, it's so interesting to see and how. It but again, plays it's out. it's horror connection is going to be very much in these gruesome murders that True. Patrick Bateman yeah. carries out over the course of. And that is, or does he? Or well, <laughs> or well, that's it. Or, or did, does he? Right, and that's quite unique. I'm trying to think of like other musicals off the top of my head, whereas like you know, there's a. <laughs> A horrendous, like you know, a horrendous murder carried out on stage. <laughs> on stage, yeah. Like yeah. as in part of the script, obviously, of somebody doing a terrible performance. You know, <laughs> yeah, that. But that's, that's a different murdering the score. That's a different. That's a different murder. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Oh, that's like, oh, that's like in Hot Fuzz. It's got a side of mirror. It's like when they, the reason for killing the terrible actors, and it was like, well, he murdered Bill Shakespeare. What? <laughs> oh, <right. Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly that. But right, like so. it, it. I think. I think it, it's one that tonally yeah. would suit being seen at Halloween. The I violence. Think. The, yeah, the yeah. violence the is pretty extreme in that show. It's not it. It's not something you would be bringing the kids to. You'd be bringing your raincoat. Yeah. <laughs> For blood <laughs> First five rows make it wet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. You're in splash zone. It's a bit bit like Carrie in that regard. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one, you also might be in a splash zone for, if it follows the film, but maybe not for blood, uh, is The Exorcist. Obviously. Oh, yeah. <laughs> The famous pea soup. Yes, um, of course. Um, which, now, The Exorcist is a stranger to me. Again, I don't know much about the musical of it, but I'm a huge fan of the film mm. uh, from, again, 1973 with Ellen Burstyn and Linda Blair, uh, with Jason Miller, who is Jason Patrick's 
dad, I found out. Oh, oh <laughs> And Jason Miller, a very famous playwright and, and a, a Tony winner in his own right, but he plays the priest in The Exorcist, you know, but but I'm not sure how you make The Exorcist a musical. Tonally, I, I mean, it's I, very serious. It's very yeah. dark, very tense. I'm not sure how adding songs works. Yeah, I mean, the film version obviously has a very famous piece of music as yes. part of its score, Tubular Bells by Mike Oldfield. Mm-hmm. Oldfield? Oldfield, yeah. yeah. But I believe that this musical was not particularly well received by mm. critics, perhaps for some of the reasons that you outlined, yeah. in that <laughs> it is hard to make something like that, I think, quite as impactful or quite as scary on stage because you need a certain amount of special effects that have to appear real to the viewer. And I think it's harder to do something like that on stage because... yeah. A, I don't think your suspension of disbelief is going to be the same as if you're watching something on screen because, yeah. you know, you're sitting in a room with however many, maybe 2,000 other people watching something like this. And it's, it, your immersion is not going to be at the same level as if you were at home looking at a, a large screen. Mm. Especially if there's an interval where you go out and buy ice cream in the middle. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> or the obligatory line kick. You know. but, yeah. <laughs> but it like like everything else, a musical predominantly rises or falls on the strength of its score and i i don't think that this is one that has been well praised yeah yeah i I struggle to see how the power of christ compels you (laughs) is better sung than spoken yeah (laughs) no i I agree i agree now there is a separate um play version which i think is much better received yeah but i think yeah you're the singing through some of these pieces is going to take a little bit of the levity. The power of Christ it. compels you. The power of Christ compels you. I just want to <laughs> highlight to listeners number. that that is not an accurate representation <laughs> of the music. No, but, By if, it, all means, but if, it had, if that had been what, if that was what they had gone with, we probably would have heard about it. Yeah, the two priests do a conga line through the room. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. To get a bit of movement in there. Give the choreographer some yeah. work. Yeah, uh, speaking of dancing, uh, Dance of the Vampires is next on the list, which I think, Keen is one you've been taking a look at, because I certainly have never heard of it before. Um, I don't know a huge amount about Dance of the Vampires, only that it is based on a Roman Polanski film of oh. the same name. Interestingly, the music for it was composed by Jim Steenman, who people might know as the composer of Meatloaf's music and by extension the composer of bat out of hell yes he just keeps turning up everywhere he turns up everywhere he also wrote i think is it just the lyrics but perhaps some of the music to the andrew lloyd webber show whistle down the wind he definitely Mm. wrote the lyrics yeah he definitely did that but i think he also he was also then approached he was the original uh person he approached i think for phantom Jim oh. Steenman. Yeah, he Andrew Lloyd Webber. That's why I think later on they did Whistle Down the Wind together. Oh. Because he had originally approached him like probably 10 years earlier. He'd be like, I want you to do this. But Steenman was, Steenman was involved with... Well, they had two. No, he was, was, he was involved with somebody's... I want to say... Oh, he was finishing somebody's album at the time, so he couldn't commit to it. Mm. Interesting. Um, that's, why, that's why he couldn't commit to doing Phantom of the Opera, because he was involved with something. I really want to say... Oh, I'm going to have to write that up. I really want to say body tighter, but it sounds so off. Like, <laughs> No, that could be right. It's holding out for hero would be about would be the, the 80s, wouldn't 80s, it? Yeah, it could well have been Bonnie Tyler. Depending on when Angela Webber started his 
<laughs> his search for a lyricist for Phantom. Which, yeah, the more the more we go through stuff on this podcast, the more Jim Steeman's name just keeps turning <laughs> up. And I'm like, it's like the the secret secret like empresario of the musical world. We could have it's, ended up with Meatloaf as the original Phantom in an alternate universe. Interestingly, nice. um, I think Michael Crawford was cast as the original lead in Dances with Vampires. No way. <laughs> Large, <laughs> largely on the strength of his performance in Phantom, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I think Jim Steenman in particular was mad about him. I, I think it sort of fell apart because Crawford was making, you know, very extensive demands on, or at least so... Um, Steenman and the producers say so I, I I mean obviously that may have contributed we might be talking about a very different uh Dances with Vampires if Michael Crawford had played <laughs> the yes uh, the lead in it but there you it go it might be a household name not resigned to number 13 or so on a <laughs> on a playbill list of 15 haunting musicals um one that is more famous people though is Jekyll and Hyde which obviously has had extensive yes. coverage mm. around the AIM circuit um, Interesting, yeah. I mean, I actually found out recently that you know, because obviously Jekyll and Hyde is such a famous name among you know people now that well, it's it's been that, oft performed. Yeah, and there's so many film country. adaptations as well. And but but in the original novel, the fact that Mister Hyde is actually Doctor Jekyll is apparently a big twist at the end of the book. That's not a fact that people know until right up until the end. Yeah, it was an M Night Shyamalan predecessor um you know what and that twist. fight club is apparently a, i love know. that m night Shyamalan owns twists now <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah well was that twist stolen from somebody else or was that how it would be comparable to m night Shyamalan? oh <laughs> throwing shade at I've hollywood got to that now i've got a defamation suit yeah. on <laughs> sorry um, anyway allegedly. go on but yeah so so obviously if you're going to see jekyll and hyde musical now you're not well, obviously, the fact that this played with the same actor kind of gives it away. Um, yes. Hmm. Um, but it's a great show. I'm not sure I would class it as particularly Halloween-y. No. I mean, I know it's got the same Dickensian London setting, but it certainly it doesn't have the same atmosphere as Sweeney Todd, for my money. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm probably not as big of a fan of this show as some people. Mm. Um, I It's just one that never massively connected with me. Um, I, I think largely because of the music. I think Frank Wildhorn is a really good composer but i think there are a couple of great numbers in it but i'm just not a huge fan of the music kind of outside of those mm. the confrontation is fantastic confrontation is fantastic this is the moment is fantastic yeah. bring on the man it's a great one yeah but you know I, there are a lot of moments in it that i just don't enjoy yeah i think i think if you and like even like i know it has been done a fair bit obviously on like you know the amateur circuit in ireland but i think if you're going to choose between sweeney or jekyll it's a no-brainer think, isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah it's you're always um one that I've never heard of as well is Lizzie Borden, obviously based on the life of, of you know, one lady. of the first serial killers, really, in the American tradition of serial killers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lizzie Borden. Um, there was a there was a series recently with Christina Ritchie played uh, the eponymous role. Okay. Um, oh, yes, trust. you're right. You are but right, musical, yeah. I don't know much about. It didn't seem to make very big waves um, after its release. It doesn't seem to have stood the test of time. So, uh, Yeah, again, it's probably one of the things, though, like, how do you... How do you set that story to music? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's it, it doesn't lend itself. Particularly um, the fact that it's based on true events. It does feel a bit distasteful. Yeah, even more so. Mm. I don't think, yeah. I don't think when we go for true events, we want to talk about, like, you know, celebrated people from pop culture, <laughs> yes. not an axe murderer. <laughs> yeah. 
I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, very and spooky. again, you know, a line kick. It just doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> I assume no. that's in every Broadway musical <laughs> <laughs> before. Yeah, yeah. Before like, you know, 2000. <laughs> it was contractually obligated to, to get the theatre space. to be a line um, kick. Whether there's line kick or not in Dracula the musical, I'm not sure. But that's one that, as well, Keen, I think, didn't last very long on Broadway. Not terribly long. I think it was over, just over 100 performances. Um, that's not too bad compared to five. It's not too bad, considering. <laughs> but obviously, that's never Still going to be enough to make you your money back on Broadway, mm. unfortunately. And it had this very good creative team behind it. Um, Frank Wildhorn, who we've just talked about, mm-hmm. was the composer of Jekyll and Hyde, amongst amongst other very popular shows um and then you had don black as a oh, lyricist yeah. oh. who people will know from tell me on a sunday sunset boulevard yes very true so yeah perhaps best well Friends known for andrew his lloyd work with, with andrew lloyd Webber. <laughs> yes and um christopher hampton who people with might know for his work on the very well celebrated play uh le liaison dangereux which mm, yes. of course became the film dangerous liaisons <laughs> and and also atonement which oh, some people yes, yes, will know yes. um so look he's he's a, he's a big name a lot yes. of creative power behind it got a bit of a drubbing mm. by broadway critics mm. and you know I, I i mean i obviously there's no question that this is a halloween show um yeah yeah, yeah. no yeah, question yeah, yeah. whatsoever yeah, no whatsoever bram stoker's dracula it's not going to get much more Halloween than that. Yes. But, you know, how good it is in comparison to some of the other ones that we've mentioned on this list, it's probably in the lower half of the league table, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. So, but well worth a listen. Um, and if you can find a bootleg of it, probably well worth a watch to get you into that that Halloween spirit. Trying to get your spooky yes. musical theater on. Yeah. Though you're maybe better watching the 1992 film with Keanu Reeves. Uh or even the original Christopher Lee Christopher Dracula Lee, films. Uh, Christopher <laughs> Lee, 100%. The yeah. Hammer Horror. Yeah. That's Fantastic. a great film. With um, Peter Cushing. Yeah. Who, um, yeah, famously in the first Star Wars film. Indeed. As well. But he, Peter Cushing is phenomenal in that mm. movie. Yes. He's really, really He's good. Van Helsing, as is Christopher he? Lee. So, He's so Van Helsing, isn't he, Peter Cushing? He's Van Helsing. Yeah, yeah. So, and that is... Like, go watch that movie. I mean, watch that movie before you watch any of these musicals. It's, just, <laughs> it's much better. It's that that movie is just brilliant for for the budget that it was made on. It is top mm-hmm. drawer, and, and uh, young Christopher Lee is he just is Dracula. Yes, that's it. Like, if ever somebody was just came out the gate with a you know genre defining performance or. Yeah, genre-defining performance, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. this Christopher Lee. Fantastic. Uh, speaking of films, this next music on the list is a f- adaptation of a film. It's Ghost. Um, and now I don't think it has any business being on a Halloween list. None whatsoever. The There's only ghosts. <laughs> it's yeah. got ghosts in it. When yeah. else do you see ghosts? Halloween. Well, I mean, it it did present me with a rare opportunity to act with a ghost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on stage. And what was that like? Because obviously this, th- I did this in Eurasia last, last a ghost. year. Spoiler, and it's kind of, yeah. Well, it's it's a weird one trying to completely ignore somebody on stage because all of your instincts are try are trying to engage yeah. the other actor. <laughs> that is so yeah, you're trying to saying. shut that down and not notice him because even if you look at him once, you almost feel like 
you know, you've, you've, made, you've yeah. made them and the immersion's gone and the scene is mm. is over. It is no business being on a Halloween list. <laughs> None whatsoever. Because <laughs> it's, it's a romantic movie. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it has a supernatural element. So I will say, it is the bits where the demons are dragging people down to hell is a bit creepy. That is creepy. Where all they all come out from under the stage and pull somebody down into underneath it. That's a bit creepy. But apart mm. from that, it doesn't really and have the, any... And the very end. Yeah. With the, with, you know, with the, like walking into the light kind of thing. You know, that's a... Yeah. That's a bit triumphant. I think anything with Unchained Melody in <laughs> triumphant. it. Triumphant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Arms aloft. Yeah. <laughs> fucking nailed it. It's yeah. like Rocky up the stairs in, in Philadelphia. Unreal. <laughs> 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 I've achieved what I needed to to move on to the next level. <laughs> Triumphant, smug bastard going yeah. off into heaven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Smug got the prick. The rest yeah. of us have to stay here. Notions on jump. Notions on no. like getting dragged yeah. into hell like the rest of us. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but yeah, I I agree. I think it's very Halloweeny. Adam's family is next. Another one that's been performed a lot around the country uh, in the amateur scene. I think it's perfect for Halloween. Mm. I know it's in no way a horror, but I think it's not scary. But I get. It totally works for Halloween. I mean, the Adams family are. I just the don't Father want Christmas. to be anywhere near it. It's as almost Halloween. like what? it. It just feels like completely. It literally feels like a Halloween costume party. Kids' lives entertainment, <laughs> and I want my Halloween stuff to be a little bit edgy and a little bit frightening. And it's none of that. I mean, it's kind of like the Osbournes. That's basically <laughs> what it is. <laughs> It's like it's it's like Very a true. reality show with a kind of a weird family. I don't know. I think Gomez Adams and Morticia Adams and actually, are far more. And actually, the Osbournes more... are more scary. <laughs> it's like Gomez just doesn't even bite the head off a bat at yeah. any point. He doesn't do anything. Oh, he doesn't yeah. do anything. Yeah, I will say I'm not a huge fan of the like, musical. What is, what is scary in the Adams family? Oh well, what's scary for me is that in the musical they take apart from the writing. <laughs> I was gonna say what they. I was gonna say that they take. Oh yeah, claws around. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm way more frightened by cats than I am yeah. the Adams family. <laughs> I was gonna say Ooh, they cats. took the character of Wednesday Adams, who is an icon uh, of mm. of you know the Halloween tradition, uh, and particularly in the '90s films where she's portrayed again by Christina, Christina Ricci. Ricci. What's up, Christina Ricci? <laughs> Christina Ricci is a staple of, of all things Halloween. Um, but, you know, the the sadistic, the kind of emotionless, you know, really, you know, against all things normal, Wednesday yeah. Adams. And in the stage musical, mm. she's off and she's threatening to marry someone normal to the disgust of Gomez and Marticia. Sure, sure, and sure. And I don't think that that really, to me, plays well into the the tradition of the Adams family. But no, because it's it's basically Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, and it's it's kind of West Side Story, but <laughs> in instead they're just dressed up as goths. And honestly, it's basically goths and people who are not goths. That's what the <laughs> Adams family is. No, and honestly, I what's more I Halloween appreciate than that? that. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's what Halloween is. Yeah. Though again, I would say, you know, probably just watch the the films rather than the musical yeah. if you want the Halloween experience. Yeah, yeah. Um, musical is great as well. Though, like some of the songs, ah, look, it's got, it got some good songs. I mean, like the the uh, opening song when you're in Adams is great, considering that they had um, quite tough competition. That the Adams Family theme is fairly iconic. Mm. 
It's funny, like this musical when it came out in Broadway got absolutely slated. Really? Absolutely slated. And it was incredibly successful. (laughs) Like a huge commercial hit, which just goes to show that... Critics know nothing. Critics, Critics well, A, they know nothing. And B, (laughs) it kind of... Brass tacks, they don't really matter. Yeah. Like this has gone on to be, not only was it a huge hit, but it has gone on to be very successful with amateur groups all over the world Mm -hmm. and audiences love it. It's a big name. It always draws decent-sized crowd. So, you know. Yeah, I think family-friendly Halloween. family-friendly, I think. Adam's family. You're not going to bring the kids to Carrie or The Exorcist. No, 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 no. Um, And then last on the list is Young Frankenstein, which is the Mel Brooks musical (sighs) based on his film uh, of the same name. Um, seven, which is Seven Gene Wilder, isn't it? Yes, yeah. which is a parody of obviously the, the yeah, yeah, 1930s yes. Frankenstein yeah. and I think Mel other. Brooks has said it's his best film he's ever made. Like it, it and, and he made the producers, yeah. so <laughs> like the original producers, yeah. like the good producers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I think I agree with him. I think the most fantastic moment in both the film and the stage show is the putting on the Ritz, oh, featuring the featuring, monster, featuring the monster. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. just. It's fantastic. It's, uh, it's often what I feel like I'm trying to learn to dance the first time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's me. <laughs> so, I'm glad to see the representation of fellow two left footers. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, uh, it's, it's a cracking show. I think, again, obviously, because I think it was probably his, obviously he'd done the producers, the musical mm. before he did this. So, I think the expectations were astronomically high. So, mm. I think when this came out a few years later, I don't think it did as well. On Broadway, I think it kind of got a bit it's of a It's not as accessible a piece. Yeah, I think it got kind of mixed reviews, but I know then they did it in the UK a couple of years ago, and that was, was went down really mm. well. It was really well received, and I think it is due to go on tour, you know, around the UK and Ireland like in, in the next year yeah. or so, Like, and I would definitely be lined up to see that, but oh, there's some cracking songs in it, and I mean, I love Transylvania Mania. I just think that's just <laughs> such a brilliant song. I think it's so clever. Um... And any of the clips I've seen of it, you know, because like the original cast for it again, like unbelievable, like Roger Bart, Megan Mullally, yes. Sutton Foster, like yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely stacked with like really top drawer talent. Like, and they're just, they're really, but again, they're totally getting, obviously, because it's based on the movie, which is a, you know, it is a parody, you know, it is a bit, bit of a rip off kind of piss take, but they're absolutely buying into it 100% and they absolutely nail it. Like, it's so good to watch, but. Again, it is a it's a comedy comedy horror. Yeah. Mm. So, I think it fits. I like it. I know. I think it fits as well. I think I it like fits. It. It's it's much more in the kind of the the Adams family mm. friendly, funny kind of vein than it is something that's going to put the frighteners yes. on. But we, I guess, we need that too. I shouldn't be so closed minded. I should be <laughs> opening up to all kinds of Halloween for all kinds yes. of people. Yeah. Okay. Well, I hope. We've given all given you some uh, indications of the types of things that you can watch or listen to to get in a musical Halloweeny mood this year. Before we leave it, any honourable mentions? I would like to shout out a cult classic that is Repo the Genetic Opera. This is from 2008. And just to give you an idea of how this film was received, budget of $8 million. Okay. Featuring some, you know, some familiar faces. Sarah Brightman is in it. Wow. Paris Hilton was in it. Okay. Uh, and uh, Anthony Stewart a... Head, who people will know as Giles from Buffy. Yes. Uh, you know, was also in it. So eight million. I think it was two thousand eight. It made one hundred and eighty thousand. Wow. At box office. Jeez. That's terrifying. 
that is yeah, the scary. Is, is that the scary part? Of that's it? the scary part. <laughs> All right. Well, essentially, yeah. the premise of this film is it's very much B movie in the vein of Saw and other kind of you know gore fest films. Um, the idea is that in a future world where there's an epidemic that makes organ failures really common, you can buy organs from this company, but they can repossess them if you fail to make your payment. So the repo man is there to come and harvest your organs if you fail to repay. Oh, wow. So it's very bloody. Some of the music is actually really good. There's a, a, a particular song called Chase the Morning, which was shortlisted for the Academy Award for Best Song. Didn't ultimately get nominated, probably because of how slated the film was across the board by critics. It's one of those films that I think is so bad, it's good. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's not one to watch on your own. It's one to watch with a gang of friends, having a few drinks, and not really taking it very seriously. Um, <laughs> it also won Paris Hilton her Golden Razzie Award oh, nice. for Worst Actress. I'm um, sure she has a few of them, does she? I think this was her first. All right. Yeah, first, yeah. Yeah. first out the yeah. gate. Dan, an honourable mention? <laughs> honourable mention. Uh, I suppose we mentioned it before on our restricted groupment, Beetlejuice, again, for those, yeah. you know, kind of trails and the kind of the, the mm-hmm. jump kind of thing i think that would definitely that, that's if you want something good if you want something bad i'd recommend elton john bernie top and musical let's start which was an absolute <laughs> flop and mm. and absolutely panned so there there's something good something bad well that's that's <laughs> two to listen to that's go. that's pretty good i'm gonna throw in the toxic avenger nice um I, i've had my problems with um broadway hd before <laughs> But, but mainly because I just keep forgetting to cancel my subscription. It. No, but again. one of the gems on it is the Toxic Avenger. It is based on a 1984, again, B horror movie about a young guy who is a bit of a dweeb, but he falls into a vat and gains superpowers, but a horrifying appearance and he becomes <laughs> the toxic avenger of the up <laughs> there, there is a blind love interest there is uh, a whole host of b-movie references all over the place it has huge rocky horror vibes insofar as that there is a dedicated fan base who interact with certain parts of the production it the songs actually are great. It's 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 quite good. So if you have Broadway HD and you've somehow managed to keep your subscription until now, <laughs> I would I would give that a watch. I think you'll really enjoy it. Nice. Um and I I think actually you might have to buy the CD if you want to listen to the soundtrack. I don't <laughs> oh, think it's no. made it onto stream, right. streaming Retro, services. Yeah. That might have changed since I last had a look. Get so it, so do man. do take a do take a look. <laughs> but uh yeah, well worth a watch. It's good stuff. Fantastic. And if you do want to listen to some scary classic stories, you can revisit our Odd Gasp episodes from last October where we uh, where we narrate a, a series of, um, I think, quite, quite terrifying yarns. Yeah, some old school. These are great for, like, what I think is, like, if you're decorating the house for Halloween or if you're trying to just, mm. you know, get in the mood, if you, if you put them on in the background... Have a listen. They're good. Classic old stories. Uh, great for by the fireplace. Yeah, absolutely. So scroll back to October of last year on your podcast app and have a listen to those as well. 
All right, that brings us to the end of this episode. If you want to get in touch with us, don't forget that you can email at theoddcast at oddtheatre.com or you can get in touch with us on Facebook or Instagram at the Oddcast by Odd Theatre or even on Twitter at the Oddcast by Odd. Have a great Halloween, folks. And until the next time, stay classy.